listening to the Run Your Life Podcast with host Andy Vasily. Hi, everyone. I'm Andy Vasily, and this is the Run Your Life Podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in. Today on the show, we'll hear from Dr. Paul Sutter, who has quite an extraordinary background. Paul is a theoretical cosmologist, an award-winning science communicator, an author, and a podcaster. And I was lucky enough to be able to interview Paul prior to the Winter Enrichment Program annual conference being held here at Coast, which ran from around the first week, the end of the first week of January through till the third week of January. Uh, Coast is the university that I work at here in Saudi Arabia, and I've been lucky enough this year to be the podcaster for the conference. And I had a chance to interview, uh, during this time, I had a chance to interview a number of keynote speakers and featured presenters, and it was a genuine pleasure to spend some time with Paul, uh, learning more about the work that he does. And you'll be really interested in his work. It's amazing. Uh, And in this episode, you will not only hear about the focus of his work, but also the books that he's authored. And then we take a little dive into his Ask a Spaceman podcast that he hosts, which has received more than 7 million downloads from around the world. And when I think of Paul's love of science and the universe, I think of a quote that I once read. I had to look it up, uh, but I'm going to read it to you now. And what the quote says is, Science shows us truth and beauty and fills each day with a fresh wonder of exquisite order which governs our world. And why I share that quote with you is, you will hear when Paul is chatting and talking about his story and the love of the universe that he has and all of the work that he does, you can feel the passion for his work really come alive in our conversation. And what really captured me in this conversation was Paul's deep love of trying to learn and understand more about the way our world and the universe works. Paul's work has been featured on the Weather and Discovery channels, and he has also consulted on everything from major TV shows such as Star Trek Discovery and Another Life to films and comic books and stage plays. Today's episode will just give you a mini glimpse into Paul's brilliance, but I highly recommend that after you listen to our conversation today that you check out his work at pmsutter.com. That's P-M-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. And in the first part of our conversation, you will hear Paul talk about who he is, his academic background, and how his life and work has been deeply impacted by his love of travel. Here's Paul now sharing a bit of his story. So to set the context, even though the listeners have heard a little bit about you, can you tell us about yourself, where you're from, and 
if we were to actually do a flyover of early days in your life, uh, what was life like for you growing up? <laughs> well, I'm currently, let's start with the present and then we'll rewind. I'm currently a research professor in theoretical cosmology at Stony Brook University and a guest researcher at the Center for Computational Astrophysics at the Flatiron Institute in New York City. Uh, previous to this, these positions, I got my PhD in physics from the University of Illinois in 2011. I moved from there to Paris, France, where I joined the Paris Institute of Astrophysics for three years. And then I went to Trieste, Italy, where I was a postdoctoral research fellow there for two years. Uh, and then I moved to Columbus, Ohio, which is actually near where I grew up. And I had a position there for three years before moving uh, here to the New York area about almost four years ago now. Uh, I grew up in the middle of basically nowhere uh, in a little town southeast of Columbus, Ohio in the Midwest of the United States, surrounded by cornfields. Uh, I played a lot on my own. I had a big imagination growing up, and I hopefully I retained that into adulthood. Um, just imagining what's out there, looking at the stars all the time, playing around in my backyard and all the farms nearby. And uh, that that's me. Awesome. What a... In a nutshell, but so much there. I, I I hope that I'm teaching my own kids to leave, lead a very uh, rich and varied life and to go out there and experiment and try things. Uh, before even my PhD at the University of Illinois, I was at a college in California and before that a college in Florida. I love traveling. I love exploring the world uh, and I love exploring the universe around us. Wow. That's amazing. So I wasn't planning on asking you this question, but seeing as, you know, I, I did some research obviously uh, before the podcast to learn more about you, uh, but I didn't know that you had that much, uh, like, ex well, pretty extensive travel and learning and living abroad experience. So how did that shape, you know, how did it shape you as a scientist and your view of the world and, and what you learned, like the travel and living in different cultures and the impact that had on you as a scientist and learning about science? Oh, it really helped me put science in perspective in two ways. One, uh, science really is an international uh, uh, endeavor. It really is uh, a, a way for many people across the world, scientists, colleagues. I could go to uh, Nepal. I could go to South Africa. I could go to Argentina for conferences and seminars, and we could share ideas and share our work and learn from each other. And so just knowing that what I'm doing is part of a larger international network that doesn't care about borders, that doesn't care about boundaries, that just cares about getting science done and exploring the universe in new ways is such a powerful feeling to just have that sense of connectedness, which is what sustained me uh, in a big way through the coronavirus pandemic when we were all locked in our homes and not able to connect and not able to share, just knowing that there was a community out there of people who, who wanted to, to share the same 
uh, views and explorations and and were studying the same universe I was. And it's just such a powerful feeling to me. Wow, that's amazing. I think of being Canadian, I think of Chris Hadfield and his work. Like He's a hero of mine. And his book, uh, An Astronaut's Guide to a Life on Earth, was one of the best books I've ever read. And what Chris talks about when he was in space, the International Space Station for four or, or six months, I think, um, looking down on Earth every day and uh, taking these wonderful photos and, and just <clears throat> thinking to himself, I wish I could drag every single leader in the world mm-hmm. up to the International Space Station to give them this view to show them how tiny they are in, in compared to the size of the world and to, to shake up their thinking and, and to let them know that it's not about you. You know, it's it's about mankind. It's about history and your legacy that you will leave behind. So when you think of Chris Hadfield looking down on the earth, when you were a kid looking up into the universe, what kind of thoughts did you have or what do you remember about that experience and, and how that shaped you? And what would you like to, if you could grab every leader in, in the world and have five or five minutes with them or 10 minutes with them to give them a, a message, what would that message be based on kind of your passion for science and the universe and, and uh, you know, that, that kind of thinking, what would you, what would you share with them? Yeah, that experience that Hadfield described, the overview effect, is is something that I think a lot of scientists share. And the feelings I had as a kid are the exact same feelings I have as an adult. When I look at the night sky or when I engage in my research or I communicate with the public and I start sharing uh, cool stories and facts and uh, knowledge about our universe is just the enormity of it, the immensity of it, that when we look out at the night sky on a perfectly clear night, I will see around 3,000 stars in, in one hemisphere of a perfectly clear night sky. <laughs> in the Milky Way galaxy alone has around 300 billion stars. And there's around 2 trillion galaxies in the, in the observable universe. And just the size, the scale, the enormity, and the fact that as a cosmologist, I'm taking uh, simple equations and I'm charting out the growth history of the universe or measuring the contents of the universe or predicting the fate of the universe. It's just mind-blowing that we can capture that, that we have the tools and intellectual capabilities to to go out there and explore with our telescopes, with our computers, with our chalkboards, and just learn new things. So if I had the ear of every world leader for five minutes, I would I would probably just put them in front of a simple telescope and let them look at Saturn or Jupiter or a gorgeous nebula. And I would just share with them how enormous our universe really is, how precious our Earth is, how small and vulnerable it can be once you consider our actual cosmic place which i think is the the main motivation behind the overview effect when you look and you can see the entire globe in your field of view 
either literally as an astronaut or figuratively as a scientist, you really realize just how precious it all is. As we dive into the second part of the podcast, I want to hit the pause button for a moment to have you reflect on the concept of curiosity and imagination, and in particular, the role these two things play in your own personal and professional life. As Einstein once said, the most important thing in life is to never stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. One cannot be in awe when one contemplates the mysteries of eternity, of life, and the marvelous structure of reality. Amazing words by Einstein. But when you reflect back on your early days and you think about curiosity and imagination, what role did they play in your own life? Can you think back to any aha moments when your curiosity for something was so strong that it drove you to take action and to find out more about whatever it was you were curious about? And what about your current personal and professional life? To what extent do you open yourself up to being curious about what is possible and use your imagination to create new possibilities or opportunities to take action on. And when I say that, I mean both personally and professionally. I hope that my conversation with Paul challenges you to think more deeply about these things. And in the next part of the conversation, Paul and I chat about how curiosity and and inquiry has shaped the trajectory of his career and how being curious about space and the universe led him to wanting to communicate his learning using the platform of podcasting. As mentioned earlier, Paul's Ask a Spaceman podcast has had over 7 million downloads worldwide. And with each episode, Paul continues to deepen his own learning and love of sharing that learning with his audience. So now let's jump back into the conversation with Paul talking about the role of curiosity in his work. Oh yeah, for sure. And I think it begins through the lens of curiosity and I remember uh, growing up in Canada in a rural area and I used to lay in my backyard and look up at the sky and uh, I was f- fascinated with the world map, right? And latitude and longitude and trying to mm-hmm. figure out different places in the world. And one day I saw the clouds. I clearly remember this. I don't know. I might have been eight or nine and and I saw the clouds moving overhead and and then I suddenly imagined myself levitating above where I was, let's say, 500 feet and and then being able to anchor myself there but have the world continue to turn under me and then you know so i would have on it was like 42 degrees north where we lived latitude 
And, and then I pictured like staying on 42 degrees north as the world turned below me. And then I thought, holy, you know, shit, you know, I, I, I'm going to follow myself all the way around the world. And then I, I thought to myself, I wonder what places on the earth I would have passed. So then I plotted it out on the world map. And and I looked at all the places if, if I could have just stayed levitating above the earth and the earth was turning like China and all these different places. And it was fascinating and mind blowing to me. And that really made me look in the the almanac and encyclopedias because it was obviously way before the internet. But you think of that childhood curiosity, right? And how imagination can just give you so much uh, excitement and passion and and that really made me want to learn about geography in the world you know i didn't care about it in school so much but i cared about my own studies and the inquiries i was creating uh just trying to learn about the world with my through my imagination so it sounds mm -hmm. like you kind of lived that same childhood oh absolutely it's i see science as a tool for satisfying our innate human curiosity. And I do believe that all humans are inherently curious. It is part of our nature. It's part of what makes us us. And we have a lot of different ways of satisfying that curiosity. And science turns out to be a very, very powerful way to satisfy that curiosity when we start asking questions about how the natural world works. And that curiosity has what's driven my entire career. It's like it's like a cat just going like, oh, what's up? What's over here? 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 It's just so fun to explore and to find out new things. And then when this is what sustains me as a researcher during the long sleepless nights where we can't find a solution or uh, the data are so messy we don't know how to wrangle with it or or the method that we devised isn't quite working and this is what pulls on me and gets me motivated every morning is just that curiosity and then when we do discover something when we do find something out when we do make a new discovery that sense of satisfaction is hard to beat yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then you have the wonderful opportunity in your Ask a Spaceman podcast to continue to share that learning. So that's what I want to jump into now. So tell us about your Ask a Spaceman podcast, which has been downloaded over 7 million times. That's awesome that there's so much interest in your podcast. And, you know, what inspires you to keep your podcast going? And what do you want the listeners to know about it? And where can they find it? Yeah, the podcast is such a, a joy in my life. It is such a cornerstone of all of my public outreach and science communication activities. I started the podcast, I think, seven years ago. It's hard to keep track. I'm at nearly 200 episodes now. I've been releasing episodes faithfully uh, two times a month in those seven years. And it simply started out as me wanting to experiment in science communication, me just wanting to give it a shot and see where it goes. And I thought podcast might fit the bill. It was certainly the cheapest set to set up. I didn't need a lot of expensive gear to get going. And to my surprise and my delight, this little experiment where people can just ask me questions on social media 
or uh, on the website or on my e- or by email or even in person or just whatever. Um, just take their questions, pick out interesting ones, and devote an entire episode to it. And I have since had the opportunity to really expand my science communication uh, activities. I've hosted TV shows. I've written books. I frequently write articles. And uh, there's nothing quite like the Ask a Spaceman podcast where uh, I get questions all the time. And then it's an opportunity to just sit down with the audience. Imagine we're sitting across from each other at a dinner table and I'm just explaining something cool and wonderful about the universe. And I've learned a lot through the podcast because I get to answer questions that aren't directly related to my area of expertise in physics and astronomy. So I get to dig into those topics and I get to learn from myself and then share what I learned. And it's just such a rewarding experience. Uh, I would have never imagined that this little experiment that's just meant for from one nerd to whoever will listen uh, has had such tremendous uh, uh, success. And it's the cornerstone of everything I do. I pour my heart and soul into every single episode. And The website is simple, askaspaceman.com. They're all, the entire archive is free and available to download. And you can send questions to askaspaceman at gmail.com, or there's a button on the website to submit questions, or you can just follow me on, on social media and hit me up there. I currently have a backlog of around 580 questions. Oh, wow. And uh, that's that's the downside of only doing two episodes a week. So I try to uh, find common questions. Uh, currently, I'm in the, right in the middle as we speak. I'm in the middle of doing a long series on interpretations of quantum mechanics. And just that series right there was able to knock out like 40 to 50 questions that people have asked over the years about quantum mechanics. So uh, that's what keeps me going. When the questions stop, I'll end the episode uh, and the series because I'll assume that everyone has what they need and that there's no more questions to be answered. But as long as the questions keep coming, I'll keep doing the show. Um, Okay, so... Let's jump over to web because the purpose of this podcast is to uh, kind of share you and your work to my listeners, but also to the to the people here at Coast. Uh, you'll be visiting Coast, so the King Abdullah University of Science and Technology for the Winter Enrichment Program in January. And I just want to read something from WEP, and then I have a question for you uh, about what you'll be presenting or hoping to present at WEP, okay? So just to give the the listeners a background. So WEP 2023 will look at knowledge transformation through the lens of EDGE, the cusp of discovery, where the bold take risks to push frontiers, to expand understanding, to change the world through research. EDGE will seek out the risk takers across the broad spectrum, not just interdisciplinary science pioneers, but the boundary breakers. So that's just a a little bit about EDGE, but really it's about um, asking the people that will be presenting how they went to the EDGE and beyond and how they shared their discovery with the world. 
So you've talked about your background, your extraordinary background and your passion and your commitment to science and and uh, learning. When you think about WEP, what is it that you want to share at WEP? And what do you want your audience thinking about in regards to their own life, their own work, as well as their own dreams and aspirations? Yeah, I want to start off by sharing what we know about the edge of the entire universe, which I consider to be the ultimate edge. There is no other edge greater than that. And we've learned a lot about our universe over the past hundred years with the methods of science. And so I want to share about the edge of the universe in space. I want to share about the edge of the universe in time, which is the, what we call the Big Bang. I want to talk about the future of the universe. I want to talk about these gigantic scales and forces and energies that the universe operates on. And I want to bring it back to the audience. You know, cosmology as a scientific discipline doesn't have a lot of uh, direct, immediate, practical benefits. Like we're not going to get uh, better cell phones through our research in cosmology. But that doesn't mean that cosmology can't teach us and it can't enrich and enliven our lives. So I want to show what we can learn and what we can employ in our daily lives through a study of the universe. When you think about what you're going to share at WEP, tell us about how much of that is in your two books, your space in the, or sorry, your place in the universe and how to die in space. So will you be sharing content from uh, either of those books? Uh, yes, but not directly. Uh, so I won't be sharing like verbatim of what I share in your place in the universe. But a lot of the themes I explore in that book, I am going to explore in the talk. Okay, great. Uh, well, I definitely look forward to meeting you when you're here and, and uh, sitting in on your presentations. And um, before segueing into the last part of the podcast, where can people find you and your work? So the best place to find me is my website, pmsutter.com. That is the hub where you can reach Ask a Space Fan, all my outreach activities. You can find my books. Uh, you can also follow me on all social channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. My name there is Paul Matt Sutter. Okay, thank you so much. And uh, last question, when you project forward to the end of your life and you look back, on your amazing career, what is it that you hope you will leave behind? What mark do you want to leave on the world or, or legacy? The most important thing I want to do is raise a couple fantastic kids to be uh, fantastic grownups and uh, hopefully bring some grandbabies into my life. Um, that's my number one goal. And my second goal is to, to, be able to look back on my life and know that I was a good person. The science I do, the outreach I do, um, that's my passion. But but ultimately, I just want to make sure that I left the world a better place than when I found it. Great, great way to end the show, Paul. And uh, I really look forward to seeing your presentations and uh, 
seeing you in action and and learning more about your work and your life so thank you for taking the time to come on uh, the show and and share a bit about your life and share what you're going to present at WEP. I really appreciate your time. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, everybody, thank you very much for listening to this episode with Paul Sutter, and I hope you come back to listen to future episodes. Hello.